We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 60. Yay, we made it to 60. This is the Safety, Safety, Safety 2019 edition. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And we're here to go over tons of stuff today. Going to do safety rules, going to talk about the severe weather. Let's talk about that severe weather. A little teaser little teaser. I mean, we had some severe weather. Uh, we're not exactly in the middle of storm season yet, but uh, looks like the atmosphere is pretty active. We're getting pretty close. Almost April. Yeah. When is April? Friday? Yeah. Or Sunday? Friday. I don't no, know. No, 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 no. No, Friday's Friday's 25th. 29th. Monday. 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 Yeah. And April. April showers. Well, we like to say April thunderstorms. So, <laughs> And then May. Hopefully. May is the, the peak uh, severe weather month. So we, we got a little taste. That's why I said we got a little taste early this time. Um, got some, I mean, Branson missed out. Uh, that's, again. Again, I know. And it, we got close, though, because I, I didn't even see that one warning. Uh, you texted me and said, that one's close. And I went, what? Yeah. Now, look, it was Christian and, and Douglas County. I went, holy cow. Yeah, one popped up right above us. Not, or not above us, but right north of us. And, uh, Tapped into some of that energy, I guess, and put down some hail. That's well, all these were, were hailers, basically. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's tons of moisture in the air. There, there wasn't a lot of, like, wind dynamics at all. I mean, the tornado threat was very low, which we knew going into this thing. Uh, but there was that tornado that hung on, what is it, Potosi or something? There was it? a confirmed tornado in eastern Missouri. Boy, that was a nice hail or tornado signature yeah, too. It was it was pretty on radar. I didn't see any pictures of it though, but no. And way south of St. Louis, if we don't if you don't know where Potosi is, it's it's several several miles south of you know, Farmington, Potosi, whatever. But I kept watching that thing and it kept going and going and then all the I saw the tornado warnings and it went all the way into Illinois and wow. there were continued tornado warnings. I went, "Holy cow, this thing is 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 nasty. There was one like that down in southern Arkansas too. I mean, I don't think it ever got you know huge and that damaging, but uh, it was you know consistent. Was it in that enhanced risk area? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because you and I both were looking, you know, slight risk, slight risk. Then we went to bed, and then the next morning, enhanced in two little separate areas, and you know, people were kind of freaking out. We were in a slight risk. Well. In this situation, when you see the enhanced risk away from us, that means that that's where the greater energy is. And that's why we kept telling people, it's like, you know, we went live and people were asking, well, you know, you know, what about, you know, Joplin area, Jasper area? Well, you know, that's where the cold front was, but the greater energy was well 
east of Branson. And that's primarily where that tornado in Missouri happened, you know, and then they had that other enhanced risk down there in southwestern Arkansas, and then it kind of moved on over. So, you know, I, I think we got a taste. I heard thunder. So, saw a couple lightning flashes. Oh, yeah, I heard thunder, too. Uh, I didn't see the lightning, though. And what was funny, because I was watching radar, and, uh, you know, that one cell up, you know, in Christian and, and Douglas County was going on, but there was some activity just to the west of Branson, and I was like, ooh, you know, that might kick up. Uh, and then I set up my recording equipment. I actually set up my recording equipment. Wow. Because <laughs> I thought, you know. That's that, why we didn't get anything. Well, you know, it could be. Maybe I should not do that, or I can hide it and put it in a different room or something. Because I want to get some really good thunderstorm recordings uh, this year. We need some. Uh, we better have some. I mean, I've got yeah. some in the pocket. I mean, that uh, when you listen to the uh, our, our Storm Dar theme, that big thunderclap at the end, I recorded that. And that's actually one of three big thunderclaps that happened pretty much in a row within about four minutes. Uh, you could hear the lightning strike and then the thunderclap, which is amazing. That's my my mother load right there. <laughs> and I haven't been able to catch anything like that. That was since. a long time ago. Oh, that was, yeah, 12, 15 years yeah. ago. Back before I had Logic and my good microphones, I, I had just a little crappy microphone then. So, but now I've got all the good equipment, and then Mother Nature's like, no, 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 no. We're not going not gonna to thunder. But I will say... That, you know, we were watching that that batch to the west and heard a little bit of thunder and nothing happened. And as soon as that activity got past Branson and right past Hollister, it blew up again. I'm like, dang it. Well, that's what I was expecting all day. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I didn't think Branson would get anything just because we were right on the edge of the slight risk from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Anytime there was a slight risk, overnight the night before they even took us out of the slight risk. Oh yeah, they did, and then that's they right. put us back in. And you know that's our luck. A lot of the times, we'll it'll, it'll develop right on sixty five or or to the east and just go all crazy. Uh, yeah, in southeast yeah, Missouri bounce over us. I mean, it's uh, you know it, it, the, the the terrain around here, the Branson Dome or whatever, may have a little influence. Uh, you know, I agree with that. We've talked about that before with the terrain and everything. I do, I do think so. there's a little influence on that. But overall, I mean, remember the leap year tornado. I mean, there was no influence there. That thing came right through town. So um, it's just kind of a crapshoot, I, I think. But again, it's only the end of March, and we've got a few more months of some extra extra chances of showers and thunderstorms. I mean, we're kind of in a northwest flow now. I mean, that cold front came through yesterday, and it it knocked down temperatures. I mean, the temperatures today, only in the 50s, kind of cloudy, kind of dreary. Um, but tomorrow, clouds are going to start to go away. Temperatures are warm a little bit. But what about Wednesday? Wednesday, is, it goes up. It's going to soar. Yeah, almost 70, maybe in the 70s. I'm thinking we'll... Easily hit 70s, maybe both days. Yeah, oh, I agree, especially with full sunshine. Plus, mm -hmm. another system is coming in. I mean, it's not going to be as strong, uh, but it's it's going to give us some more rain. Thursday, uh, probably in the afternoon, probably increase a little bit, uh, in, increase into the night, rain Thursday night, off and on, Friday off and on, into Friday night, and then another little bitty shot of cooler air comes in, so those 70s will be 
long gone. We'll be back in the 50s by the They'll weekend. be back soon. It's almost April. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the I mean, the average high for the for March 31st, which we said is like 63. So, you know, 70s are now the questions. And we're vacillating back and forth. That's what's going to happen. Uh, March, the atmosphere is in transition. Uh, but speaking of some moisture the other day, uh, when you're talk- talking about the storms, the hailers, we got some massive, massive hail reports out of this thing. I mean, not around here, but way Close up enough. In, yeah. I mean, we're some of those spots. And, and Roby, which I believe is in Texas County, uh, two and a half inch hail, which would be tennis ball size or close oh, to gosh, it. That, yeah two and a half inches wow yeah and and there was also some reports of baseball size right right near there too oh wow and i saw some pictures online and it was a uh, pretty nasty hail uh in dixon they had uh one and a half or one one and a quarter inch what would that be about uh, yeah, be bigger than golf ball more ping pong ball. yeah yeah because they were talking about ping pong yeah that'd be about right I'm going to check that. Keep reading the things I want to check. Uh, St. James, Missouri. They make wine there. I know that. Mm, I've stopped there before. St. James Winery. <laughs> they had Inch Hill, and so did Lynchburg, and Grove Spring, and Sligo. I believe Sligo's in Howell County, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. So they all had an Inch Hail. Uh, but yeah, they were hailers. Didn't get any uh, reports of any wind damage. I, yeah, I didn't time. see a lot of wind. And... Uh, uh, I didn't see any tornado damage reports. I'm sure there yeah. may have been you know, some barns or whatever out in the boonies, but yeah. And we're not talking an, an EF5 on this thing. This was just no, no, a, no. a nice little compact cell that wanted to hang on for a long time. Um, I, I pulled up the hail size chart. Okay, a quarter is one inch hail. Half dollar is an inch and a quarter. Uh, it doesn't list inch and a half, but inch and three quarters is a golf ball, and two and a half inches is tennis ball. So that's what this says. Uh, and we all know severe criteria for hail is one inch. Right. So you get that golf ball or bigger. You know, 12, 15 years ago, that wasn't the case. They changed that. It used to be three-quarter inch hail was severe criteria. Yeah, that's right. Then they went and changed that for whatever reason. Oh, okay. I'm... I'm okay. I'm looking at the new chart here. This is from the SPC, so I trust this site. Um, so a half inch is marble or mothball. I'm not supposed to say marble. You know why? I'm looking it's at the different S- size. Yeah, marbles. <laughs> the uh, Springfield National Weather Service would uh, say, "Please don't use the word marble in your." That's right. We did hail the hail thing. Yeah, but you, you know what? This is the Storm Prediction Center. I wonder how old this is. It doesn't say. Well, <laughs> we, you know, in, in deference to the marble, which I totally agree, because yeah, you can get marbles like huge to little bitty right. ones now. Uh, we'll say mothball. Damn. I don't know. The last time I've seen a mothball, <laughs> my great grandma might use that term. It was the size of a mothball. Yeah, I know, my mother uses them. She's we have a, like a little. Uh, side building uh, on our property, and, and every winter she puts all of her winter clothes in there and puts the mothballs in there. So, you know, Mom, if you when, when you're listening to this, go go measure one of those mothballs. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, they say uh, a, a half an inch. Uh, a penny is three quarters of an inch. Yeah, which uh, used to be severe. Yes, yes. Uh, which penny isn't that big? 
if you think about I it. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't Three think, quarters of an inch? Yeah. That's what they say. 0. Yeah. 0.75, yeah. Yeah, well. Hmm. So, but, yeah, I mean, and, and when, when we say severe, we're talking about the potential to be destructive. And they have deemed, the NOAA and National Weather Service have deemed that a uh, quarter size hail would be pro- more prone to produce damage to life or property. Okay. Okay. Now, how about this? This is a quiz. Nickel. How big would that yeah. be? How in, uh, I would have never guessed this. Well, it's bigger than a penny, but smaller than a quarter. A right. quarter would be an inch, right? Uh-huh. I don't know. 0. 0.88. You know, I've, <laughs> I've heard that. Oh, you I've, have? Well, I've seen 0. 0.88 size hail reports on uh-huh. storm reports. Yeah. So oh, they okay. must be getting N- called in size. as nickel size. Oh, what would that be like? Seven eighths? It might be. It ha, it'd have to be like seven eighths because yeah. six eighths would be three quarters. Right. Okay. Well, there. Okay. So now you're listening to me and Corey learn here on the podcast. <laughs> um, of course, a quarter is an inch. A half dollar is an inch and a quarter. Uh, ping pong ball. That's an inch and a half. So there when they're go. talking about ping pong ball size or walnut, walnut I saw some, size. I saw some egg hail reports yesterday too oh okay i know what it says right here two inches two inches hen egg is two inches mm-hmm. golf ball inch in a inch and three quarters tennis ball uh two and a half baseball two and three quarters i saw a baseball hell report too yesterday it was pretty crazy oh really that'll that'll do some damage for sure oh <laughs> anything over that that quarter uh here's one and, and i've seen this all over the place and i've never seen it in a text product or anything, teacup size, three inches. Teacup. Teacup, yeah. Four inches is softball and four and a half Those inches. Those come from the London Weather Bureau. Yeah, the yeah. They, they only have three-inch hail in London. That's what <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, the teacup. Well, uh, there you go. See, education, that's what we're doing. We're education, educationing everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we like to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about that flooding? They are still... Releasing water, they have got massive. Well, that's going to be an ongoing problem for the foreseeable future. Yeah, until all that drains out to the Mississippi River, and once it gets over there, it's going to be a problem for them as it drains out. Yeah, I mean, there's warnings all the way down to the Gulf. Well, and I saw I saw this article. I was telling you before the podcast. I can't remember where I saw it, but the the Army Corps of Engineers is going to start releasing massive amounts of water into i think the missouri and that's just going to keep going down into missouri yeah they have to yeah they got to i mean uh, and and that's going to cause problems and like you said it's going to go right into the mississippi Mm -hmm. Uh, nasty stuff up there i don't know but uh, i did see something that you'd probably be interested in was that uh on thursday the royals don't they open in kansas city three o'clock well might be wet might be. You know, it was a week ago, they were on TV, and they even said, they looked at the extended forecast, which is a 10-day forecast back then, and they were all excited because temperatures are going to be in the mid-60s and sunny. Mm, yeah. But even they said, well, that'll change five times by, by then. Right. Uh, but usually when they come back for opening day, it can be in the 30s and snowing. So, you, you know. <laughs> I think you, it has, you, you, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But they're coming from, from Arizona 
they're playing spring training in Phoenix or Surprise, Arizona. Uh-huh. So they're in the 80s every day with sun, pure sun. So it would be nice to be warm, but 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 they can't play in the rain. No, and that next system, which is going to bring us that rain, is, is really well, headed up that way. For, yeah. yeah, showers likely, especially after 1 p.m., possibly even a thunderstorm is, is what they were saying in the latest forecast up there. So they might see some lightning. Who knows? But they don't play till three, so it's not looking good if you're a Royals fan. No, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals uh-huh. will be in uh, Milwaukee, so oh, okay, they won't be affected by it. So. No, I didn't check it. Check the weather at Milwaukee, but they're yeah. good. Okay, they're gonna, but probably cool. I mean, they're not, they're not going to be in the eighties. I, I would assume. <laughs> Does Milwaukee ever get in the 80s? I guess they do. I'm sure they do. <laughs> it's a, but not in March. No. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Yes, allergy season again. So I think it's time to get to... <laughs> the pollen report, allergy report. Uh, I hate to say it for all the allergy sufferers out there. Uh, the entire outlook for Branson, Tuesday through Friday is high allergens are above 9.9 uh whatever that means and we're just getting started yeah yeah and uh the thing is it's still elm juniper and maple so we're still you know we're we still got all those pollens now didn't we mention this before like my car hasn't turned green or yellow yet it will it'll it'll be later april late april Mid-April to late April. Is that when cedar, is that what's going to cause it? Uh, you know, I'm not sure, but I know cedar does make a mess. Ew. And cedar... Coats everything. Now, I've seen <laughs> some cedar uh, exploding with pollination already this year, but I think it was down south in Texas or something. Oh, where it's more... Yeah. And uh, yeah. our friends, the Bagbees, who live near Waco, Texas... Oh, yeah. ...reported their first hummingbird this week really so you know they come up from mexico uh-huh so they're on their way you know they're they're halfway here so they're on their way i'd yes. say right around mid-april you're gonna see some hummingbirds that's my that's my oh, prediction that's april 15th awesome. is my guess tax day yeah that's what i get that's what it is well i mean my mother doesn't have a lot to report on the uh bird report but uh, she said the bluebirds are getting active, and she's getting me some some information on the bluebirds. But uh, we're gonna wait till next week and make that a whole segment. Uh, so cool. it's kinda, yeah, but I'm glad you said that. And so I gotta ask her when the hummingbirds come come here. I th- I think I've got that calendar where she said definitely that you know they come April. I want to say either last year or the year before they were late. Really, they were either a week late, a few days to a week late. But every other year, I hang that thing a week before the 15th, and it's usually like clockwork right around the 15th. They'll start showing up. Oh, really? And you'll get one dom- dominant one come and want to stay there all year. <laughs> oh, really? And they the get whole pretty, year? They get pretty territorial when it comes to their food. So they'll attack yeah. the other ones and keep them away. Now, do you do um, do you make your own mix? Yes. How, how do you do that? I believe it's uh, one part sugar to four parts water. You boil it. You don't have to okay. put any red stuff in it. They'll eat it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but keep it one part sugar. So you're going to put one cup of sugar to four cups of water. You boil it, and you're good to go. Just till the sugar dissolves. And right. Then, then let it cool. <laughs> well, yeah, you want to do that for sure. Well, you know, Stick it might... in the fridge. 
might want some hot. You won't be able to hot tea. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Those are English. And you're supposed words. to change it out every few days because you know it, it'll start getting you know spoiled and moldy, and that'll that'll hurt. The oh, really? Birds. I never thought of that. So, well, especially if you're in the hot July sun, and you don't want that uh, out there the right. whole time because it'll ferment and it, it's not good for them. Yeah. So always change out your hummingbird feed. Hmm. Nectar, but but you get enough hummingbirds, and they'll 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 eat it in time, and you'll have to change it out anyway. Well, I'm sure my mother at some point here soon in the next week or two, she <clears throat> she's got all of her hummingbird feeders as stored away, way up high. So she want me to come and like get her hummingbird feeders. Right. She's got two or three, I think. I think I two. never took mine down this year. Oh, really? They're still hanging there. I need to get some more. <laughs> nice. You know, I thought about one here, but I, I don't want to go through the trouble to like make. Well, they're uh, fun to watch. They really are. And I've yeah. seen those videos where there's like hundreds oh, yeah. just around these hummingbird feeders. So, you know, if you get, you know what? We ought to talk about making that a contest, a hummingbird contest. We could do it. But I don't know. We'll talk about how that's going to work out. Uh, let's see. Okay. I think it's about time for the weather school. What do you think? Okay. All right, let's do it. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. And this week's weather school is live. Corey and I are doing it live. We should have brought sound effects into the weather school. Well, I've got some sound effects, but they're not really part of this. I need to get wind on here. Yeah, That's true. That I got this little app that I'm using for my <laughs> for my podcast here. Uh, this week's weather school is the title of this podcast. It's safety, safety, safety. So we are going to go through the uh, safety rules for those of you that are not aware of safety rules. Uh, what you should do if a tornado, if you get a tornado warning... The first thing you need to do, avoid windows, doors, and outside walls, and protect your head. Now, didn't you say what Shara was saying, like helmets? Well, that's, uh, that proved to save some lives in the Joplin tornado. Yeah. And not a bad idea at all. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually a genius idea because that's the main part of the body you want to protect from flying debris. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think of that until several years ago. I was like, wow, helmets, that's a brilliant idea. Avoid windows. I mean, because, you know, you want to avoid the outside walls of your house anyway. Get right. away from those windows. I mean, I remember in school and tornado drills, all the teachers would go and open up the windows. Remember that? Right. I was like, what are you thinking? There? That's I, been, yeah, that's been proven, disproven, actually. I don't know why they would ever think that was an issue to begin with. Well, I mean, if, if you think about it, it you know, the, the pressure lowers in a tornado, so... Well, I'm not worried about pressure during a tornado. Right, but, but I'm talking about back then, <laughs> you know, that it might save your house if the pressure lowers, and th that oh, was the house thinking. is going to explode because of the pressure? That's... Uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, their thinking. If you don't open the windows, 
because you know the lower pressure if the tornado goes overhead and doesn't blow your house away what about that two by four headed straight to my window from the outside yeah that's what i mean it's been disproven at this <laughs> point <laughs> uh, yeah and like we said if, if you're in a home or a small building go to the basement or an interior part at the lowest level such as a closet a bathroom that's my favorite uh, or an interior hallway. You want to get as many walls between you and outside as possible. Exactly. And even if you're you know, in a basement or in a closet, in a hallway, you want to cover yourself either with mattresses, blankets, whatever you Pillows, can. Pillows, anything. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's why I think a bathroom is better because, you know, you've got the walls, plus you've got the plumbing, you've got the pipes that are that are trying to hold it. So you've got, a, in my opinion, a little bit more protection. So, you know, I've got a basement. It's an open basement. I do have some windows, but the bathroom in the basement is, I think, perfect. And that's where Karen and I went that night of that, that tornado. I got her in the bath, in into the bathroom. A lot of, a lot of people went to the bathroom that night. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I bet they did. <laughs> yeah, get get underneath something sturdy. Okay, so if you're in a school, a nursing home, hospital, factory, or shopping center, they normally have pre-designated shelter areas. So those are on the interior hallways of the lowest floor uh, and usually the safest. So if you are in any one of these areas... Uh, the you know school, nursing home, hospital, factory, or shopping center, and you know that there's a potential for severe weather, check out the signs. They'll they'll have it posted where that shelter is. May I elaborate? Please elaborate. All right, here I go. If you are the administrator of a school, a nursing home, a hospital, get a weather radio. Yes. It may be a law that they have one. I know the hospital has them all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, nursing homes have them that I'm aware of. However, I know of one nursing home didn't have theirs plugged in yesterday. Oh, no way. So if you're going to have a weather radio, plug it in and use it. Have it on, guys. Seriously. Especially if you're over... If you're responsible for a lot of people, you need a way to be alerted for yourself so you know when to take action, right? Exactly. And if and if you're not sure how to program them, uh, doesn't the fire department or I mean, there's agencies around here you, that'll you, do it for free. It, it it's very simple. You don't even really have to program it. It'll work non-programmed. Yeah, depending on what frequency you are on. Mm -hmm. See, I don't have mine programmed per se, because I want as many counties on it as possible, which is only Stone, Taney, Christian, and Barry, which I need to know when those warnings are issued anyway, so I just left it alone. Yeah, that's good. So, but you, I, they can program right for Taney County. St I, I would even program for Stone, because Stone's just right there. So you kind of need to know what's coming right yeah, before. Yeah, I, I would say add the county to your west. Correct. I mean, if you're in Greene County or even Christian County, Get Lawrence as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if, if you're a staunch person that does not want a whole bunch of counties, definitely get the one I, to your west or south. I was alerted of the leap year tornado. I, I had it in my head that it was possible when a tornado warning was issued for Barry County, and I was alerted by my weather radio. Which is two counties away from Two Branson. counties over. Yeah. Yeah. So 
And it and beeline straight for us. And we knew. And we knew at that point it was coming. Exactly. And going 70 miles an hour. So that's not going to take long to get a couple of counties. People say they're annoying and they go off on everything. And it's like, well, someone will be affected by severe weather in the area that it's alerting. It might not be you, exactly. but somebody is. Well, I mean, don't, don't most weather radios now, can you program the, the type of warning that you want? Some of them you can. Yeah. So you can take the flooding out if you're not going to be in a flood-prone area. Yeah, it's like my mother's not in a flood-prone, so she doesn't need to be alerted for flash flooding. Right. But you'll, you for sure want severe thunderstorms and tornadoes. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely those two. I have everything, but, you know. I have avalanche on well, mine, you know, you never know well, those avalanches. But see, you're important. You watch everything around here. <laughs> this is true. You know, in case that avalanche wants to go across a couple of states and get here, we never know. I got my first weather radio for Father's Day, and it was 1998. I didn't even have a kid yet, but Cher was pregnant. So they bought me a weather radio. Uh, well, this is cool. <laughs> it, it, it was just your most basic thing, no programming. The same SAME technology didn't exist, so you couldn't go county by county. Mm-hmm. It was just whatever was in that frequency area, the listening area, you got alerted to. Yeah. Still works perfectly to this day. I, they're made to work. I mean, oh, yeah. I know people with AM radios that still work. You know, ha- have your weather radio, but also it might be good to have your little transistor if you still have transistors as well. With batteries. And you'll always have us on your phone or laptop or iPad or Yeah, and or especially whatever. with LTE now. Yeah. I mean, I, unless the towers get blown away. That's, I mean, the, that's gonna... the thing. That's the problem with that is if you're going to lose power uh, to your router or to a tower that's providing service to you, that, that would be an issue. Yeah. That's why you get those radios. Yeah. And, and they go to a different frequency. Because cable goes out. Satellites go out. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's highly probable, prob- highly unlikely that that weather radio is going to stop working. Exactly, and you'll need communication at that point too. Uh, also, in high-rise buildings, go to an interior interior small room or hallway. I always make it a point to not be so high when a storm comes through. No, I mean, yeah, if you're getting, you know, like you said, a county over. Uh, like if, if I was in a high rise and, and I heard Stone County was under a tornado warning, I would not stay in a high rise. I would go down yeah. onto the lowest floor. You don't want to be up there. No. Um, Look at the Hilton when it went through the tornado and all those windows oh, yeah. were broken away and the curtains were just flopping out of the building, you know? That was amazing. Yeah. There's pictures online if you want to go see that. So 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 thing if you if you have a tornado warning, go to go to the lowest area. That was the that was the second thing we said, just go to the lowest interior part of your building or whatever. Um, For Pete's sake, don't stay in your mobile home or your car. (laughs) Go to a substantial shelter. When it comes to mobile homes, Mm -hmm. I have, if if I were living in a mobile home, I would already have made a plan to where I can go well before a storm hit you need to know that exactly where where do i go you're you are in basically a match stick getting ready for a big wind yeah. to come along and it doesn't matter how well you tie it down i mean i i know a couple of people that live in mobile homes like well we've got our big stakes you know dro- driven in the ground we got cables on there and stuff 
guys, it doesn't matter. If you get a 150-mile-an-hour sustained wind coming on that, yeah, the stakes may be staying in the ground, but your mobile home is not. Your mobile home's not. The walls are going to come apart. You just don't want to be up. The roof will you be don't ripped wanna, up. No, yeah. And if you're in a mobile home, get out. If there is no shelter nearby... What they suggest, lie flat in the nearest ditch, ravine, or culvert with your hands shielding your head. Like you said a while ago, Corey, the head is the what you really need to protect with the you know, the bicycle helmets or whatever. And but the only caveat of that is you gotta be alert for some rapidly rising water possibly in the and ditch. Try to find the ditch with no power lines over. Uh, that would be a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Uh, that would absolutely terrify me if I was in a tornado lying in a ditch. But that's what they tell you to do. I know. And also they, they said uh, a long time ago, you know, if you're out driving or whatever and you see like a like an overpass, underpass, they said if a tornado is coming, you get underneath that underpass and you'll be safe. Yeah, that's disproven as well. It'll suck you out of there. Yeah. Well, the way – well <laughs> – an overpass, you're going to be up off the ground because the way they're built, you're going to want to be right under the 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 the, the road. Yeah. So people are up off the ground that mm-hmm. way. Well, their way of thinking when they tell you to get in the ditch and tell you to avoid overpasses is most tornado injuries aren't in the direct path of the tornado. You're going to have debris all around it, so you're avoiding debris by being. As low as you can possibly exactly. be. Exactly. You know, have you ever you ever seen these videos and stuff that, you know, they're sitting in the car, but the tornado is way far away, but all of a sudden you start seeing these trees and, like you said, two-by-fours and stuff. It's the debris that's going 100 miles an hour that's going to hurt you. Yeah, you don't want any part of that debris. That's where you're going to get your most uh, injuries and casualties and deaths and, and you yeah. just got to get as low as possible and cover that head. So here is something from the uh, National Weather Service. They have uh, the, the title of, of this is "Here are some ideas." <laughs> That's the actual title of this. Uh, That's a great idea. Yeah, I know what uh, they say. Uh, bathrooms. What they say, bathrooms may be a good shelter provided they are not along an outside wall and have no windows. Correct. Got to be inside. Uh, contrary to popular belief, there is nothing magically safe about getting in a bathtub with a mattress. Now, this is from the National Weather Service. In some cases, this might be great shelter. However, it depends on where your bathroom is. Of course. Of course. If your bathroom has windows and is along the side of an outside wall, it's probably not the best shelter. Or if you have an outhouse. No, don't go to- <laughs> No, no, I, I don't think... <laughs> Sorry, I don't... You just got, you got me on that one. <clears throat> That's funny. No, no outhouses. Don't do that. Uh, another, what they say, uh, here's some ideas. Closets. A small interior closet might be a safe shelter. Again, the closet should be as deep inside the building as possible with no outside walls, windows, or doors. And be sure to close the door and cover up if you go into that. Find a closet without any outside doors. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Uh, it's, I'm just reading what the <laughs> National Weather Service is saying. <laughs> this is a doorless closet. It's the newest technology uh, closet. Yeah. Another one, hallways. If a hallway is in your shelter area, be sure to shut all doors. Again, the goal is to create as many barriers as possible between you and the flying debris, ding, 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 in and near a tornado. 
to be an effective shelter, a hallway should be as far inside the building as possible and should not have any openings to the outside, like windows or doors. So there you go. And here's one we haven't talked about. Uh, Under stairs. Interesting. The space underneath a stairwell could be used as a shelter. And I've got one right over there. I'm pointing. You got past... Uh, podcast people can't see it. Do you have a room under there, or is it? Well, it's the utility room, which yeah. is a bonus because it's got pipes and underneath the stairwell. That's where I need to go. Yeah, we're just in the basement and not outside taking pictures and stuff. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the basements around here, they they got the sliding glass doors and windows leading out to the backyard. Or exactly. Whatever. Yeah. So that's not a good. That's not what I would consider a storm shelter. No. Not at all. I mean, of course, the best thing is if you have an underground storm shelter. That's the ultimate best thing. Um, What they say also in apartments, go to the lowest floor with as many walls between you and the outside as possible. If you're in a mobile home, it says even an EF1, typically considered a, quote, weak tornado, will most likely severely damage your your mobile home. So get out of there. Uh, Okay. Your home will become mobile. Yes, in public. These, this is what you do. Hotels and motels, what they say. Uh, you have to think about it. Some lodging establishments have safety plans for guests, but others may not. And you may be on your own. Some establishes, establishments suggest guests seek shelters in hallways. However, you should remember to avoid open hallways. You know, cover yourself with pillows, heavy blankets, whatever you can find. And we all know motels and hotels have lots of blankets and sheets and pillows. Right. At least they better. Uh, Excuse me. Outdoor activities, campgrounds, RV parks, or sporting events, fairs, and festivals. What they say, being exposed outdoors is one of the worst places in a tornado or severe thunderstorm. Being involved in outdoor activities can sometimes put you at increased risk because you are exposed outdoors and possibly in an unfamiliar area. So organized outdoor events, including sporting events, at all times of the year should have weather safety plans. People at large sporting events are especially vulnerable because of the difficulties involved in moving large numbers of people. Event coordinators or managers should have a detailed severe weather safety plan in place and practice it. People at large outdoor gatherings or events should listen when severe weather information is conveyed and follow instructions in a safety plan when the safety plan is put into action. So there you go. Now, I will say uh, I did message the National Weather Service uh, this afternoon because I told them we were going to record the podcast tonight. And uh, I've had many questions about this in Branson. We have large indoor venues, theaters. Well, when you have a large crowd, what is the official thing you know, they suggest you do in a in a crowd, you know, a crowded theater like this that we have in Branson. They have not gotten back with me yet, so uh, we may cover that on the next one. We had the fire department come when I worked in theaters. Uh, oh, really? Starlight Theater, and we went all over all that what we do and did a little drill. And what we would do is take the people that are sitting in their seats and move them to the lowest part. Of the theater, which was usually near the stage. If we could get under mm-hmm. the stage, we would put them under there. <coughs> or we would sit yeah. them just right as close to the stage as possible because, you know, the floor slanted in there. Right. 
So we try to get them, you know, as low as possible and cover their head. See, I would think underneath your seats. Because those things are bolted to the ground. I mean, it's kind of difficult yeah. to get, you know, elderly people down underneath there. But, you know, if it's going to cost you your life, Just you know. try pe- not to uh, get trampled to death, you know. Yeah, but I mean, if you're sitting in your seat, you know, that whole row is, is metal and stuff. The problem is that auditorium is so open. So it just, it does make sense what you're saying. So get them to the lowest level as much as you can. So, uh, okay, here's some more stuff. If you're on the road, being in a vehicle, uh, all types of vehicles can be blown over, rolled or crushed, lifted or otherwise destroyed, even by a weak tornado. Duh. (laughs) That's kind of obvious to me. Uh, People have been hurt or killed when large trees crushed their cars. So they say, consider delaying your trip if severe weather uh, is, is, is in your area. Monitor your television, radio, or no weather radio, which we just said. Be familiar with where you're traveling. Keep a highway map handy, which you have Google Maps now or Google Earth or whatever. Um, uh, one that includes county names and boundaries. That's a biggie. If you're in an unfamiliar place, know the county you're in, especially if severe weather's coming. Uh, if you're in your car, find a station broadcasting weather information. Uh, the chances of being hit directly by a tornado in your car are very small. We will say that. Uh, however, severe thunderstorms contain other deadly and destructive hazards like large hail. Could be to teacup size. You never know. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, wind. Uh, a severe, uh, the cr- severe criteria for wind and a, th- a severe thunderstorm is 58 miles an hour. Well, 58 miles an hour is nothing to sneeze at. No. That's No, it's going to blow... It's going to blow your truck or your car around. And then also heavy rain and flooding. You got to really be careful of that. Some of these severe thunderstorms have got torrential downpours. And Springfield is notorious. Springfield, Missouri is notorious for flooding on Chestnut National, Fast Night. I mean, notorious. There's those uh, like train overpasses. And that water underneath will rise all the way to the top of the bridge. And, and I, I see every year I see pictures of cars stalled near mm-hmm. near that. Oh, yeah. Every, every single year. So, I mean, and all these rules pertain to tornadoes. Now, we, we hit the, the tough one, the tornado. Uh, but severe thunderstorms, it's pretty much the same thing. You're going to have lightning. You're going to have hail. You're going to have high winds. Stay away from those doors. Stay Take away from the lakes shelter. and stay away from the golf course during the lightning, during the wind. Please don't go to the golf course. Please, please, please. You are a lightning rod if you go to the golf course or if you're on the golf course. So if you know severe weather is coming, get off of that golf course. That is insane. So if there's anything we left out, make sure and let us know. Uh, at stormdrawweather at gmail.com or visit our new website, which is about what? About two or three weeks old now. Yeah. Se- right. Severeweather.com. No, that's not it. Stormdrawweather.com. <laughs> is that a website? Severe I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we a- do have a severe weather section on our website. Yes. Which I added yesterday. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, you can you can kind of watch the cold front come through on our radar on the severe weather page because I added the ability to add uh 
area-wide temperatures directly to the radar screen, so you can see the oh, temperatures. I that. Oh, that's so It was so late cool. last night. I didn't even tell you about it. No, that's but, so cool. Uh, yeah, you can toggle the temperatures on and off on the severe weather page on the radar. So you can actually see where that cold front Correct. is. Correct. Oh, that's amazing. Wow, so. you are really, really knocking yourself out of the park on this one, Corey. <laughs> Well, so I I think that kind of wraps up our severe weather safety rules. Safety, safety, safety 2019. So I think now we need to get to the next segment, which is This Week in Weather History. So, Corey, what you got? Well, This Week in Weather History. You got to find it now. I wasn't ready for it. But we were talking about tornadoes and severe weather. Um, remember last week's This Week in Weather History, I talked about the word tornado was banned in, in weather forecast. That's right, yeah. Uh, back in the uh, 1880s, I think 1886 it was, up until 1952. Mm-hmm. They couldn't use that word because they were afraid that the word tornado or the fact that there could be a tornado might cause more damage of people panicking than the actual storm itself. I'll tell you that to tell you this. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma City. Known for tornadoes, am I right? Yeah, oh probably yeah. more than any other city in the nation. More than Tulsa, because you yeah. have <laughs> you have Oklahoma City, and then you have all the surrounding suburbs like Moore mm-hmm. and, and Moore's Norman. I tell you oh, what, yeah. a hotbed for tornado tornadic yeah, activity. They are, man. They really are. Well, anyway, uh, Oklahoma City was founded in one day. They went from nobody a field out in the middle of nowhere to 10,000 people in one day during wow. during the Oklahoma land run uh on April 22nd 1889 April April 22nd is known as Oklahoma Day if you didn't know oh, I'm, okay. I'm from Oklahoma so I know that we always uh, did land runs on that day growing up in school we did the mock land runs which is really fun but uh that's how they got it was a boom town in one day 10,000 0 to 10,000 people Wow. Four years later, they had their first tornado. Mm. This happened uh, March 22nd, 1893. An estimated F2 tornado destroyed 14 buildings and injured four people as it passed through Oklahoma City. There was minor damage to the Weather Bureau office. It's neat that they had one in 1893. Yeah, really. It was located at Grand and Robinson in South Oklahoma City. This could be the first significant tornado to impact Oklahoma City. So that's pretty cool. And and, and they even included, I'm reading this uh, online, they even included the uh, Oklahoma City newspaper at the time, a little a snippet from the report from that. Uh-huh. And I'm going to read you just a little bit of it. Okay. A cyclone passed. Cyclone, there's yeah. that word. Yeah. A cyclone <laughs> passed from the southwest to the northeast over Oklahoma City. On the evening of the 22nd at 10 p.m., the appearance of the cyclone as it approached the city was that of a black cloud, funnel-shaped, small end toward the earth. It was whirling around the same direction as the hands on a clock and was accompanied by a grinding noise. At times, the end of the cloud would descend to the ground and then lift itself above the housetops. It took a zigzag course through the city, and the small end was whisking back and forth like a woman swinging a broom. 
Whoa. I don't think they'd say that anymore, would they? No. <laughs> no. But this is back in the 1800- 1893. Holy cow. But they mentioned cyclone, cyclone, cyclone. They don't use that word tornado because evidently they couldn't. Interesting. So That's fascinating. Yeah. So it's and like, they've had a few more since then. Yeah, I think today you just saw like someone swinging a broom. Well, here is why they lifted the ban on the word tornado. This also happened this week in 1948. Oh, okay. The first tornado forecast was issued by Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma. In the evening of March 25th, a tornado roared through Tinker Air Force Base. It's a pretty famous tornado. It caused considerable damage. Now, they still didn't use the word tornado in their forecasting, but it was because of this four years later that the ban on the word tornado was lifted. Interesting. That event anyway. So it, it cost a uh, $4 million of damage. How much do you, how much, how much money back in 1893, how much damage do you think in dollars that, that caused it destroyed 14 buildings Injured four people. Yeah, I, this is way back in the 1800s. I got a so. number for you. Give, okay. me, give me an estimate. Guess. I would say $300,000. $15,000. Only 15000 <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that something? Wow. Of course, you got to think, back then, you know, you see those old West buildings with the, you know, they're basically plywood with this and that, you know, there's not much to them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the city was only... Four years old. I'm sure they had some good buildings by then, but yeah, fifteen thousand dollars. And this is from the actual newspaper article. So yeah, you're reading from the from yeah. the actual article. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if fourteen buildings were destroyed in Oklahoma City today? How much that would cost? Oh, millions, oh, millions and millions. Yeah, I was just talking to my mother yesterday, and she was telling me stories. Thank mom. Thanks mom. That was really cool uh, about my mom and dad when they got their first apartment. And she said, I don't know how much it was. We probably like $30 a month. $30 a month. Wow. For an apartment. Wow. <laughs> and now it's not even $30 a day. Oh, yeah. If you think that's 900 Yeah, my 900 bucks a month. That's like an apartment. Well, inflation, inflation, inflation. I don't like inflation. As long as my eggs stay under like, you know, $4 and I'm good. Gas sure went up. Yeah, gas is going up too. Two forty here. Oh, and I forgot now. to get gas. Crap. Because usually, if I go to Springfield, Ozark is usually the cheapest around here. Yeah, and that's usually the way it's been the past few years. But here lately, I it, it hasn't been that much cheaper. Branson is being cheaper. Yeah, I mean Ozark was two forty, two forty nine or something like that. I got back to Branson, it's still two thirty nine. So wow. I'm just going to get my gas here from now on. <laughs> Well, that was a really interesting This Week in Weather History. But you know what it's time for? Uh, The Weather Word of the Week? It is! It's the Weather Word of the Week. And this week's Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week is... Well, it could be a coincidence. Yes. But the Weather Word of the Week is Pileus Cloud. Uh Uh-huh. Pileus Cloud. Pileus Pileus. Uh Uh-huh. And what's that mean? Well, a pileus cloud is a small horizontal lenticular cloud appearing 
above a cumulus or cumulus cloud. <laughs> Not good with the words. That, that's today. too many syllables. You say that word, cumulonimbus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've said and, it. For and, years. and did you? I, well, you did see him because you're the one who posted them. Those those awesome pictures. That's true. We saw. Adam Dalton. Wow. He sent those, and basically, it just the word pileus means the cap of a mushroom or a toadstool. So that's what it looked like. It looked like a UFO above the cloud. It was like a disc. It was really they weird. Were very cool. Yeah. I mean, this this cloud goes up in the the cumulus cloud goes up in the sky, and usually. The the temperatures are cooler and it's drier up there. So then uh, the cloud just condenses and it keeps going up. And if it continues to shoot up, especially like in a severe thunderstorm, you get that big, uh, it hits the ceiling basically. And then the upper level winds kind of blow it off and it makes that big anvil that we're all familiar with. But this, this didn't go up that high. And what I was reading is the cumulus cloud has that updraft that goes up. And instead of hitting drier air, it hits a little bit warmer or a moist layer. And then that air just kind of hits the ceiling and just kind of fans out and just I would be curious to see what the tops of that was, you know. if Oh, me too. Just because, I mean, because they're they're beautiful clouds right over Branson. You could see them and we didn't get the severe weather, but we sure got the beautiful cloud. Yeah, and I'm so glad that so many people took those pictures because I wasn't even outside. I, was I wasn't even following the, the I was radar. on my computer. Yeah, following radar and following the National Weather Service and the, the Storm Prediction Center and everything. And all of a sudden, we get these really cool clouds. I don't know if Adam lives in Springfield. We've got some pictures from from the Springfield well, the, area too. The pictures came from Branson. They had Pizza Ranch. Oh, two forty eight. So I guess he's he's in Branson. Yeah, then. it must be awesome. Yes, yeah, so we got some. Uh, not visitor posts, but some uh, direct message, private messages mm-hmm. and stuff, people sending those. Uh, very interesting. So if you are interested in looking at these clouds, uh, lenticular, uh, L-E-N-T-I-C-U-L-A-R. And we've cloud. used that word many times. Yeah, and those clouds, the, I mean, the, the Pileus cloud is a cousin, a first cousin, as you said, Corey, of the lenticular cloud. It's kind of kind of the same thing, but the lenticular cloud you see on mountaintops. It's just where the, the air uh, upslopes the mountain, and it just condenses, and it makes this big thing. So, I mean, definitely— That's definitely what it rem- reminded me of, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Google image it. I mean, uh, lenticular, but the 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 actual weather word of this week, which what we had and saw in Branson and Springfield, was Pileus, P I L E U S, Latin for cap. Fantastic. Do you remember that one year? Uh, what was it? Eight, ten years ago, or whatever. When we had a <clears throat> excuse me, a whole bunch of severe weather come through, and the sky turned orange. And all this mammatus, this weird mammatus clouds were all I over the do place. recall. That was fascinating. We need some, we need another night like that. Oh yeah. I get the drone out. Usually that happens after oh, the severe the weather's gone. Yeah. So and you might get some winds, but I need to get the drone out more often. I, I mean to get it out every day. I said, Today's gonna be the day I'm gonna fly that drone and get some cool shots. And I was like, oh well, I didn't do it. But well I need, yeah. I need to do it. Well it, the, the the conditions need to be right because the other day when you came over, we did the live cast. I was doing a time lapse series, and it's pretty cool. I mean, it's not a mother load, but it's kind of cool, especially the last two segments that I did, which is I, I do one segment in an hour and a half. So the last two would be like three hours, so five to eight, whatever. That was some pretty cool, cool clouds and stuff. And if it gets really, really cool, I will 
you know, send it to you and then you can process it and we'll put it on the website. But, you know, a lot of times I record these. and they I just have one don't. on there now. It's the best one we had last year. And I can't find the original. I can't find the original. I don't know where that's I bet at. you have it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but I've it's got, on there. I mean, it's 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 okay quality. It's yeah, not it, bad. it works. And that was one of the weird ones because the actual front and all that came from the northeast, which was totally weird. Which is good for you because that's the way your camera's pointing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the window that heads to the north because I live kind of not not in a valley, but when I look south, all I see are trees and houses because I'm I'm you know if I look north, then you get this beautiful lush forest and stuff, and I don't have any west windows. And I have one east window, and I, you know, I could do some east. Yeah, I should try some east window stuff. That's out of the bathroom upstairs, but man, you really west, west or southwest? West would be perfect, but I need to move if that's going to happen. I, I, I just don't have a western, and you don't you, have anything. All you got to do is get a ladder. <laughs> oh, a ladder! I never thought of that. Stick yeah. your iPad on your roof. Oh, okay. You know, put it inside of an aquarium. Oh, so it doesn't okay. get wet. Can you get that at Lowe's? You can get it at Walmart for fifteen bucks. Oh well, I just—that's what I did. Put that, yeah. <laughs> no, I think this podcast is going off the rails. Oh well, the aquarium, yeah. seriously, is a cameraman's best friend. You well, can yeah. shoot underwater with a normal camera. You can put the aquarium in the water in the lake, mm-hmm. and then put the camera down in the aquarium. Doesn't damage the camera. It, it works perfectly. Also keeps well, your cameras right. dry. So that's that's a tip and a trick from from a video guy. Right. But think about this: if you put an aquarium on top of a roof, well, you would have to you would have to do some engineering. Some you think <laughs> like quite a bit of engineering i'm not sure how to you know super glue it up there or not but, <laughs> but at first you know we have some trees around here the first just get an, a waterproof security camera or a com- camera that will shoot in 4k you know i thought about that you know that way you could access it at any time it could be going at all times you can access it from your computer that way you don't have to start and stop it and just punch record when i want to or well, if you have a hard drive connected to it, it acts as a DVR, so it's going to keep everything within a day or so. You have a oh. a hard drive allotted just for the footage. Dedicated, So yeah. you can go back 24 hours, no matter what. So you can go back, oh, I wonder what that storm looked like as I came through. And you look at the footage on your computer and think, oh, that's awesome. Got to post it. Boom. There you have it. How much does that cost? I have no idea. <laughs> well, I need to research that. We do. Seriously. We do. You, well, love, the, you love the time lapse. I love, yeah, because sometimes you you can really see those thunderstorms explode. You can see the updraft. You can see the mid-levels and all this different diverse wind flow. That's what's fascinating to me. Because sometimes you get the, the lower levels heading towards the northeast, but then you'll get the mid-levels heading kind of, from the north, and then you look at the upper levels, and you have these cirrus clouds going to the east. It's like, this is a crazy atmosphere. If you had one with a decent enough lens, and it would be better than using an iPad or an iPhone, you could get right. some decent nighttime lightning with it, too. And that would be cool. That's what I would love to get. Yeah. You know, and we need to talk. We got to talk to Jason and Melissa. You know, we, we, we're, Corey and I are tossing this around about having some remote area live webcams around the area. So, we're going to, Jason and Melissa live in Forsyth. So, we may, uh, do our Stormdar remote there. 
I mean, the, the drone is great, but you don't want the drone in when a severe storm. Well, you can't fly it in the wind. You're going to crash. Oh, yeah. Or but if water. you've got a, a really, really nice view, that's what we're looking for is these magnificent f- movie photos or whatever. And it's, you know, all you need is an internet connection. That's really yeah. all you need. Yeah. So I'm, that's what I'm going to research. I'm going to research that for next week and see what happens. Okay, well, let's enjoy this warm-up that comes in on Wednesday. I mean, partly cloudy tomorrow, partly cloudy, well, sunny, partly sunny, I guess, on Wednesday. Highs up around 70, so get out and enjoy that. I won't because I'll have a show Wednesday. I just wish it would hold on through the weekend, but it's not going to. Yeah, and get a little rain. That's the story of spring. That's how it goes. Yeah, and I think next week also, I need to make a note of this, uh, to talk about the uh, flood prediction, the spring flooding predictions. Uh, some of them do not look very good, and um, especially up north. I mean, because, you know, it'd be one thing if you have all this water, and then it dry, you know, dry weather for a long time and let the water water drain out. But that's not going to happen. We're going to have multiple. Well, I read a flood prediction yesterday by oh, a, by a, a very uh, uh, high authority, and they predicted that the Missouri River was going to flood this spring. It's like, hmm. I wonder where they got that prediction because it's already flooded. I was, was going to say, isn't it already flooding? Yeah, that's why I don't like seeing these predictions after they've already occurred. Because it's like, look what we predicted after it's already happening, you know? So well, that, that, that's, that's kind of a duh moment. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the thing is, I don't think uh, it's going to go into uh, our neck of the woods here in southwest Missouri. Um, we're, we're running about level in all the lakes around We're here. due for a real good rain. Yeah. I'm talking a five-incher. We're due. Oh, you're talking major rain. <laughs> you know, I get, I get into the majorness at seven inches Ooh. five is a because you can get a five inch or real fast in a in a, in a slow moving thunderstorm that's true you really can but uh it's not widespread mm-hmm. now if you get a five inch rain widespread yeah that's gonna be a big deal for right sure. oh yeah uh, depending on what the lake levels are you know because they don't the, the the corps of engineer they don't go off of forecast they go off of after it's already occurred or occurring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they won't they won't let water out of the lake due to a forecast. You know. Oh, exactly. So. I, I do know that that bull shoals, if if you you know go to our page, stormdarweather.com and go to the lake levels, you can see bull shoals. They are it's coming down. Yeah, they're letting out a little but they bit. They were they were up. They were way up. They, they and they're really always were. up. And and bull shoals is designed to hold that's what it's yeah that's what they use it for right it's not like tanny como tanny como is a nice stream bull shows was specifically designed to hold all well you can't hold water water in tanny como because if it gets over a certain level it's going over the dam the spillway right yeah i mean yeah yeah you can't hold that i mean i i think uh what is it 705 i think 705 is that number the, the the danger number where they call it action but it can't really get much above that because all that water is going to be sp- going over the spillway. And that happens Forsyth. quite often, actually. It's 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 it really does. cool to go watch when that happens. The, yeah. the sound it makes and and just oh, I've gone down there many the times water. and just it, it's mesmerizing. You just yeah. go and just wow, and just kind of watch it, you know. But I mean, we're we're all in good shape right now, and so I think 
uh, we're, we're going to have these, you know, we're transitioning into to the real spring weather now. The temperatures are getting up around 70 degrees, which is, you know, conducive to for instability. If you get the specific, you know, the Gulf, com- Gulf moisture coming up, that that's going to start stuff. But uh, let's see what happens. The, the Climate Prediction Center, I checked right before the podcast, and they were saying... Uh, slightly above average for precipitation yeah, I saw that. for the next three months. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to watch that. Well, that'd be good because that'll water the trees and water the birds and make everything really green. Good. Don't do that. We want to. We want to. We want to avoid a drought this year. You think we can do that? I uh, yeah, a drought. Is, yeah, but we want want to avoid major flooding too. <laughs> well, we don't want it, we want it all at once. We want it right spread, spread out. out. That's the whole idea. So Mother Nature, I'll get on Mother Nature's hotline. I'll kind of kind of talk to her on that. <laughs> okay, my voice is going. So uh, you got anything else, Corey? I think we got it all. <clears throat> well, let's wrap this thing up. Be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, be sure to check out our brand new website at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. Stormdar Weather.